Joe, if you could kindly read the second and third stanza of the psalm. Just read the verses. Listen to these yes, words. They're addressed to God. All of these look to you to give them their food in due season. You give it, they gather it up. You open your hand, they have their fill. Next one also. You send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord last forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Thank you. That's the fourth time I've heard this psalm for the different masses. I just heard it earlier, but I was really listening today. You give it, God, you give it, they gather it up. You send forth your spirit and you renew the face of the earth. Now, if we believe that, that God is not just a God that created the world and went on vacation, but that everything belongs to God. Everything is in God's hands. There's an old, uh, they called it the Negro spiritual. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world. He's got itty bitty baby in his hands. He's got brother and sisters in his hands. That's all the song. Just keep singing. He's got the whole world in his hands. So if we believe that, God is just as much here in each one of us as God is out there in the outer space and everywhere else, under the ocean, in the sea. All the life, all the, even the rocks and the stones, they're, they're filled with atoms. It, it, it's energy galore, and it's, it's God present in everything. But today, we focus it very specifically. We want to say, yes, we believe God's everywhere in every person, even in people that don't believe in him. God's everywhere. God's in the virus. God's everywhere. God will be in the vaccine. But today we're celebrating God in a special way in you young people who are receiving the gift of confirmation. And we're focusing all our energies like a laser beam. We say get the, we want to put that laser right on that spot. It's at an angle of 22, 34, and we go right there. And we're saying that God is pouring God's spirit into you in a special way and the gifts that are the spirit. And see, we believe that because when we are a people of faith and say we believe in something, we believe in the power of goodness, the power of love. We even believe in the power of hate to destroy. When we believe in something, that's something spiritual. It's deep, deep in the spirit. It goes way beyond our thoughts and our emotions. For example, when we believe in love, that's why Jesus can say, love your enemies. Why hate them? Why hate them? Because when we hate them, it just feeds this negative in us. You know, I've had people come to me in confession. It's the common thing. Not real common, but say, Father, I, I just have to confess. I've, I'll say, for example, I hated my father for the last five years. I'm just tired of hating, and I want, I want to say I'm sorry. I, I wish I could take it back, but I, I'm really sorry. I say, uh, and they say, I haven't talked to him for all this time. I say, uh, are you talking to him now? He said, not yet, but, you know. Well, where does your father live? In Mexico, for example? He said, no, I, I live in the house with him. I'm thinking, what? You walk down the hallway, you see your father, your father sees you, and neither of you speak to each other? Whoa! How do you do that? But when we hang on to deep in our spirit, hate, we can do that. I've even talked to people, I've heard it about three times in my 44 years of priesthood. Again, in the conventional, Father, I, 
I, I didn't talk to my father for 10 years. I'm, I'm really so sorry. I said, well, where's your father? Where do you live? Oh, he's been dead for five. So five of the years while he was alive, this person had anger and hatred toward her father. And then five years after, he's under the ground. Really? You put all that energy, all that stuff into hating even after your father was dead? Because there's something in our training that makes us like that. It's part of the said at the last mass, somebody offends us and hurts us, and we say, sue them. Sue them. Get them in court. Take their money. Okay. It may be valid sometimes to take money, and, and we should be reimbursed for all the hardships that happen because of something. But, but really. So the world teaches us, you know, get back. You don't have to forgive, but Jesus says, I tell you, forgive. Love your enemies. Pray for your enemies. Because if we don't, and this is the wisdom of Jesus and the wisdom of his teaching, if we don't forgive and love and pray for, that doesn't mean we have to like them, but not want bad for them. We want to pray that they would change and be better. That energy is rich, and it's alive, and it's good. It's of God. It's of the Spirit. Jesus was so filled with the Spirit that when they hung him on the cross, after all the good that he did, can you imagine if you were a family and you had a blind parent and he healed them, a deaf mother-in-law and he healed her, somebody that was paralyzed and he gave them back their legs, they could not only walk but run and dance. He did all this good, preached the kingdom of God, and they nailed him to a cross. And that's after they accused him, condemned him, stripped him, beat him, spit on him, put thorns in his head in the shape of a crown, made fun of him, rejected him. And as he hanging, dying on the cross, they're laughing at him. He said, Father, forgive them all. Forgive it all. <laughs> forgive them all. They know not what they do. Where did he get that? And I'd have to say he got it deep in his spirit where he believed in God his Father. He believed in the power of forgiveness, the power of love. Today, you'll be anointed with the Spirit of God and the gifts of the Spirit. We heard them in the first reading. Mary read that all these gifts are in different people in the church. St. Paul says we are the body of Christ. Christ is the head, but we're the body called the church. And everybody here is loaded with gifts, different gifts, same gifts but expressed in different ways. But today, like a laser beam, we're anointing each one of you, four of you, I think, and, and praying that the Spirit of God, like the oil that will go into your skin, that the Spirit of God will go into you, deep in your spirit and mix with your spirit. And there, in the mixing of your spirit and the Spirit of God, you'll hear things in a deeper way. And if you let Jesus and Jesus' words in, the Spirit will guide you and open up those gifts. I was telling the last group, when I was a boy, 14, we moved into a new house in North Hollywood, and two blocks away was a big Ralph's Market. I used to ride my bike down there or walk down there. And right next door, there's an alley and then a big Lutheran church. And they had a window about half the size of the church there, big window, and it was Jesus standing at a door knocking. I mean, he's not, but you see he's knocking. But the door doesn't have a handle on it. 
So that the only way it was obvious to me, it's a famous painting, by the way, but uh, it was obvious the only way the door would be opened is if somebody opened it from the inside. And I would say that Jesus is knocking at our door, the door of our hearts and spirit, our soul, every single day, every minute, actually. And the question is, do we take the handle and open the door and say, Jesus, come on in? And even when he teaches us things that are hard to hear, like forgive everyone, forgive those who hate you, bless those who persecute you, if we could open that door and say, Jesus, I don't get it. Oh, Jesus, those words are tough. I don't know if I want to do it, but I, I believe in you and I believe your word. It must have life for me. So help me see it. Help me hear it. Help me welcome that word in. Help me love your word. And, and I guess the way, one of the ways that we get that idea of opening the door and letting Christ in is by our receiving communion, which you're also doing for the first time today. You see, because we don't just say, well, may, may Jesus live within you, may Jesus be in your heart. We say, eat him, drink him. Well, we don't drink him now because of the coronavirus, but eat him, eat the Lord as bread of life, the bread sent from heaven, that he is the bread. And like any bread, it gives nourishment, it gives life. We eat to live. But this life isn't physical life because that little piece of bread won't do much for your physical life. But we, we, we want to, through symbol and through, through what we do, eat and drink, eat and drink. Take the Lord in as our food so that we can welcome, open the door, eat, drink, and let the life that comes from Jesus Christ and his words and teachings grow in us. You know, when you know Christ for a long time, it just, it changes your life. I've been a priest 44 years. I get up and preach every Sunday. The number of times I've told people how much God loves them and all, you think that hasn't changed me? For God's sake, I believe it evermore. And, and actually, the last few years, I suppose, as you come towards the end of your life, and I'm getting there, you, you, you really ask yourself, what's important? You can have all the money in the world, and not know how to love. You have all the money in the world and not let people love you. And it's funny, strange, funny, strange, not ha-ha, how often it's the poorest that are the most generous and the most loving. You'll hear them say things like, oh, well, you don't have any meat or anything, but we have frijoles. Come on in, have some beans, beans and rice. And they, they are willing to share what little they have. That's the Spirit of God. That's one of the gifts of the Spirit. 